the mood to want to do this? <laughs> uh, here I'm we go. Mood. I'm actually looking forward to this one. No, no need for a warm up. Hey guys, and what's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Xbox Roundtable, episode number 136, the best place for Xbox and all kinds of gaming talk on Sunday nights. I'm your host, Invader, and I'm looking forward to tonight's topics. But first, let me introduce all of the panel members this evening. Jeremy, I'm going to head to you first. It's always great to see you, bud. Uh, how you been? Good, man. I finally got some gaming in. Can you believe that? Been, <laughs> oh, really? I've been playing some Remnant, and I bought the expansion pack. I think it's called uh, like Swamp of something. It's a good game. Very good game. We, sh we should play some co-op. Remnant is... From Ashes? Yeah, From Ashes, yeah, right? Yeah, it's a good game. Very good game. Game Pass. It's on Game Pass. Yeah. Think. Isn't it on Game Pass? Yeah, it, it, it is. I ended up purchasing the game just for the simple fact that it's a great game to buy. So it's on sale right now for like... I want to say it's like 23 bucks. Maybe it's 30 for the for with the expansion. <clears throat> but it's definitely a good game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I've taken a look at that game before, but I've heard kind of mixed things about it. But I mean, if, if it's on Game Pass, I, I think I did see it there, so I might have to give it a go then with, the, with yeah, all you guys. It's, it's definitely a solid game. Uh, it's an action RPG. Uh, it plays a lot like... Uh, how can I put it? Because well, there's a melee aspect to it, and there's also uh, ranged weapons. But you get to level up your character and then, you know, all your armor set up. And it's it's really a good game. I mean, the only downfall I would think of it, it would be probably the enemy variants. But other than that, it's a good game. Boss battles. And it's very fluid. Uh, the graphics are pretty cool. Uh, I like it overall. All right, all right. Definitely gonna have to take a look into that. Has anybody in the chat played Remnant? If so, let us know. Uh, you know, as we're talking. Uh, let's see who else do we got here. Tim, hey Tim, dog. Glad to see you back. Uh, Xbox super fan. How you been? Good, good. Happy to be here. Um, been kind of a, a week where uh, there was a lot of gaming talk, so uh, it's good to know that you know we can. Uh, get back into gaming this week maybe and um start uh talking about stuff like that you know what i mean because uh, as you know um we just really i think even sony show and microsoft had some uh mm -hmm. information that they were going to pass but um hoping that maybe this week we can get back and uh talk about that stuff so tonight's a good night to hit it off i think it's time timmy it's time mm -hmm. talk about gaming Yes, yes, because all that other stuff that we talk about, you know, all the time, that's totally not gaming, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, no, there. you know what, guys, there is still a lot to talk about, and we'll obviously get into it later, but it's never a dull moment in the gaming industry. Uh, Centurion Buddy, uh, I know you've, you always hit the Elder Scrolls online, you're kind of an addict like that. Uh, what's new and exciting at your end, bud? Oh, well, actually, um... I kind of am waiting. I'm in a lull on ESO because um, on June 10th they actually roll out the next expansion, expansion where they fully yeah. in they fully introduce um, pretty much the rest of Skyrim into ESO. Something that fans have been asking for since day one when that game was imagined. But anyways, it, I mean, the, what's is up? this 
Now, do they have all the uh, the areas in the universe of Elder Scrolls? So to understand ESO, they have all the areas of pretty okay. much that. Well, not all because they're obviously expanding it more and more. But Skyrim was actually a small piece of the actual land of Tamriel. That's like yeah. the entire world. Yeah, so and, Tamriel is separated into like seven zones with Cyrodiil. I mean, I'm sorry. It's Cyrodiil, which is in the center. Uh, Skyrim, which is in the north. I want to say northwest. And then you got the Ashlands. Or not the Ashlands. I'm sorry. Anyway, I forgot. But It's actually. Yeah. Um, now, ESO takes place thousands of years. Like a couple hundred. Not thousands. A couple hundred years before the events of Skyrim. So the Aldmeri Dominion has not taken over yet. It, mm. Things are completely different. Things are kind of mapped out differently, but it's a very large game. I mean, you could not hammer through that game very quickly just from the scale of it. Uh, but the main game that I've actually been kind of playing on the side is Just Cause 3. It's the first time I've ever experienced Just Cause, and uh, I really don't know what to think. It's kind of fun because all you do is just run around and blow stuff up, but at the same time, I, don't, I thought there was more depth. No. I own Just Cause 3 and all of its DLC, and it's, take it for face value, man. It's just an open world, like, playground. Pretty much. That's what I've discovered. Now, I do want to talk about a game that's on sale to highlight Invader's game review, because I actually watched it. It popped up when I was looking up for this game. Um, tell me about um, the Terminator game, Terminator Resistance. That game's like, like 30 bucks. I'm wanting to check it out. I like that game, and it's Invader turned Invader turned me onto that. Uh, I like Invader's I would say review. It's, yeah, it's in, definitely a pickup in my book. So mm -hmm. I'll have to grab that. It's one of those titles that's gonna fly under the radar, and, and and obviously a lot of these brand names like Terminator, whatever. Really? Yeah, they get poorly received. You know, you think about yeah. the cash grabs. Uh, the developer beforehand had made that awful, just terrible uh, Rambo game a few years back. Yeah. <laughs> There's been so many. It really is bad. They said yeah. that the Rambo creator was actually the guys who did Terminator Resistance. Yes. Okay, I was making sure. Yeah, no, that's the studio. It's the same studio that did it. Uh, Tavon, I think they're called, or something like that. But, yeah, they, they decided to... Uh, they really made... A, yeah, Terminator Resistance is actually a really worthwhile game. I mean, it's a competent first-person shooter. You got a little yeah. bit of our RPG mechanics in there, too, to spruce things up a bit. And the thing is, too, they don't really feel, like, kind of squashed right in there. It just it feels natural when you're, like, trying to, like, adjust some of your uh, your weapons later on in the game. It's a lot of fun. Now, the I game is... Yeah, the game itself is not, like, high graphic. No. You know, it's not production at all, but... For what it is, it actually does a, a pretty good job in delivering like the visual feel of the Terminator. It has like this gritty, gritty science fiction, you know, old future kind of look. Um, and the gameplay is good, gameplay solid, and it's just a good game. Yeah, again, I'm really surprised. I mean. There are things with that game that, yeah, there could have been a lot more done to it. Obviously, the look of the game, but it, it definitely sticks to the source material really well. And you can, there's a little, you can do a little bit of exploring. The, the areas aren't like 
too constrained but yeah you can do a little bit of traversal around the area and hunt for some stuff some goodies and the side missions are all right too overall it's it's a fun game and you know it's a i i would personally say it's a way better take on like the terminator universe than how a lot of some of the more recent movies have but that's just me but yeah, overall, yeah, I definitely suggest picking it up. I'm not sure how much it's uh, on sale for at the it's moment, like, but it's like, if I'm right, like 29 and change. Yeah, it's worth it. It's okay. uh, you'll 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 get your uh, bang for your buck for sure. Uh, all right, speaking about bang for your buck, hey shock buddy, uh, you know I see you've added a new GameCube to your console collection. There, uh, why don't you tell uh, everyone about uh, you know what you picked up? Um, yeah, that one's on its way. I do have a buddy of mine, uh, Rocker Gaming. Uh, he actually mods a lot of my systems. So he, uh, he has a few of the, or he had one of those on hand. So he's going to finish modding it for me. I have a GC loader, which is kind of like an SD card. Uh, basically run all your, uh, take out the disk drive for the GameCube and run all the games off of SD card. So I got that coming here in a week or so. So. That was that was when uh, Bandai Namco had some nice deals exclusively on the GameCube. You know, with, you're talking uh, about bat. I think Batting Kaitos. Oh uh, yeah. Even though that game was horrible, I think, in my opinion, but I think yeah, the second one, second one was a little bit better received, but mm-hmm. definitely Tales of Symphonia. Um, yeah, and it, the weird thing, because that's the version of the GameCube I have coming, the controller goes for more than the system. It's the magic <laughs> controller. That's, I was like, well, I'm, I'm not going to spend $200 on a GameCube controller, so that's not going to happen. But I did pick up this thing called an M Classic, which a lot of you should check out, especially if you have a Switch. Uh, it's from a maker, Marseille, or no one that says, everybody says their name different. <laughs> so I was taking a look at that shop. Yeah. It runs about a hundred dollars. What does it do exactly? Like, okay, what can it do for like, let's say the Witcher game? So what it does, it so it's, it is an upscaler, um, mm-hmm. and basically what it does, it's going to kind of smooth out the edges. So like mm-hmm. I was playing, uh, was it uh, Smash on my fourteen forty p monitor? Um, and then it it's basically makes it like a Switch Pro in a sense. Like any alias, okay. any jaggies you see, completely smooth those out. Um, works great. I tried to was it Resident Evil Four on the Switch, smooth out all the jaggies that are on there. Yeah. Really so, great for GameCube and Dreamcast. Now, does it run at a higher resolution or no? Because I know the Witcher for the Switch runs yeah. at 720p. On uh, that's on TV, so. Yeah, it, it would have to be docked. You yeah, could not. Docked. This wouldn't work handheld. But okay. Docked. It's basically gonna, it's going to properly upscale it to what you want is a TV, which mine supports 1440p, my 4K TV, but it has to be forced. So mm. mine just doesn't work. Um, but when I put on my 1440p monitor, then I get the bump up to 1440p, and that's a huge difference, even from this thing upscaling 1080p. Oh um, wow! It's great if you play GameCube games or Dreamcast games. The difference is staggering. I was playing Soul Calibur 2, and it, that thing looks like a 360 game when I hooked this thing up to it. Damn. Um, same thing when I was playing Soul Calibur 1 on the Dreamcast and put this well, thing to it. felt like it was a you know, a GameCube game. Or back in the day when that Soul Calibur came out for the Dreamcast, that was – I mean, looking at it now, it's kind of laughable, but 
back in the day when that came out, it was revolutionary from a visual standpoint. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, it's, it is. This is kind of a niche product. So if you're not playing, I would say Switch, heavy like Wii games, yeah. uh, GameCube, or Dreamcast. I probably wouldn't bother with it because I was playing Splinter Cell on the Xbox One X, and you will get no benefit playing any 360 games or X or X original Xbox games with this thing, because the upscaling on like if you ever tried to play like Splinter Cell, which is Xbox One X enhanced, that thing is phenomenal. I was watching a uh, Oh No, it's Alex. I don't know if you know him in the uh, gaming community. He was streaming it on PC, and I think he had all the updated mods you could do on PC. And it's still the Xbox version kills it by far. It's not even close. So, but this is a cool device if you're kind of a retro, like dabbling in that. I would say get it or Switch is definitely good for it. Wow. All right. Definitely, definitely uh, take a look at that. Shock uh, has good taste. So, all right. What's up, Matt Jones? So, Shady, welcome to the chat. Dreadpool, UK Dazarus, Crispy Bomb, Supersonic Station. Happy to see you all here. Thanks for joining us and so many more. Uh, before we get to all the topics, guys, make sure to share this show out. Give it a like. Hey, you know, nothing wrong with a good thumbing, right? And, of course, make sure to turn on the notifications to keep up to date on all things TXR. You know, guys... You know, I'm always reminded, well, recently, I should say, I'm amazed how just how things can change within a year. And I know many on the panel, if not all of us, had wanted to attend what would have been E3. Oh. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> hey, you'd I did. Still be, you'd still be there. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably still be there. You're but, right. Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah, well, I remember we were talking about it. Anyways, I know I was. I would have liked to have been there. I know Megatron. Uh, Megatron won't be joining us this joining us this evening, but I know he was dying to come out. He was really bummed uh, that E3 wasn't happening. But you know, it would have been a fun time. And obviously, yeah. you know, with last the- year, last year I said ah, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go to E3, and I ended up going to the conference, which was cool. You know, but I was just done. After after ten years, you're just done with E3 and the crowds. It's just it's crazy. Mm, yeah. Well, I mean, I've been to a few different shows, just not E3, obviously. But I would have loved to attend this year. It's unfortunate. I mean, obviously, you know, the beer bug got in the way, and you know, it's kind of shitty. And even the events planned by you know, there's some more recent events by Sony and EA, and they've been further postponed because of well, recent events that have taken place. But you know, guy, you know, it kind of sucks. You know, things you know when you dawn on you know what would have been in any uh, normal situation, right? But uh, you know, saying that, guys, we do have a lot to talk about, regardless, and you know, we have to kind of trek forward. You know, even even before everything, I think every single one on this podcast was talking about how E3 was going to go away, and now it, I think it just this the process has kind of sped up for it. But um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe one day it's going to return back. But as of right now, nah. nah. You you think uh, Microsoft's going to do like a a direct for their big show? Whatever that is, I yeah, hope, I hope they do some something. Uh, That's what they know. plan on. They they plan that. Okay. That's the July show. 
Yeah, that's yeah, the July. So. I guess what he's asking is in comparison it be to more what of they show, did. Yeah. Yeah, what they did in like, you know, May. So no, it's gonna be much bigger than that. If, it it, it has know. to be. Jesus. I mean, Xbox is gonna have a a big show regardless, you know. Um, but I think that it might not be as big as it was, but still be big. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But it, hey, you know what? We got lots of time and there's gonna be lots of news dropping about all from all kinds of different publishers and studios, whether it be Sony and EA and you know, all the other big ones, Microsoft. We're gonna have to wait a little while, a little while longer for for the Xbox news. But hey, it, it's still, you know, it's around the corner regardless. Um, all right, guys, we are going to head right into our first topic of the evening. And Samsung, they've made an announcement for Samsung Access uh, for TV. And it's a new subscription that bundles select new Samsung TVs with premium content. And you can choose a streaming or gaming service at no additional cost. And that includes stuff like Showtime, Sling TV, and of course, uh, this is you know the prime example here for this show, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Now, Tim, I'll head over to you first on this one. What do you think about Xbox Game Pass Ultimate being included here? Because earlier in the year, we had talked about Microsoft and Samsung striking up a partnership. Yeah, I think that's what it, this that that's what it, this is. Um, and I think it's a, a pretty, pretty, uh, it's a pretty big deal. Um, but it's it's probably going to have to take a little time uh, to really uh, take take hold. One of the things is, you know, five G has to come into effect, and also uh, if they get this to TVs, like you buy a, a you know a, a Samsung TV and it has X Cloud app on, I think that's another way to really, uh, you know, gain users on xCloud platform. So uh, it's it's a big deal, but I just think it's going to take a little time to really, um, you know, penetrate the market. It's going to take probably two years or a year and a half uh, to really start to see results. Uh, again, 5G, uh, when that becomes more of a readily available and if they put it on their TVs, uh, I think then uh, it's a really cool service to have, especially if you're adding in all the stuff that they have. You know, uh, the, the exact deal is what is the exact deal? It's 120 and you get like a bunch of services you can choose from, right? Yeah. So there's a, you know, YouTube, YouTube music, you can get uh, Showtime, uh, you can get the Sling, and you can also get Xbox Game Pass. It wow. seems like this was more like a, a thing that's on the back of like Pop Tarts for like yeah. Xbox Game Pass. It wasn't. Um, I don't think they're anywhere. Well, I don't even know if they're going to be streaming like directly to the TV. Probably eventually, but that's what. Yeah, a lot of I, I think that's what this was, but that's right. not seeming like that's it just yet. No, it's not. And I wish it was integrated. Just the, you know, it's just at that point. I, I think one day. They, it is going to be integrated with Samsung TVs. However, just r- not right now, not the moment. Uh, this, po- you know, the partnership. You would need to have an Xbox and then purchase a TV. You know, and, this, and then you get essentially eight months of Game Pass, which it's an enticing deal for people who already own an Xbox. However, 
the investment's pretty heavy if you do not have one. You're gonna have to go out buy an Xbox and you know just buy whatever you're gonna buy. But it doesn't. How can I put it? It doesn't make you want to go out and buy an Xbox or buy a Samsung TV or you know. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those things. It's just added on. It is eight months. I don't know why it wasn't 12. I mean, you can say that maybe the, it'd be too expensive. It was 12 months, but you get eight months with the uh, Samsung service. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting venture. Again, we had talked about their Samsung and Microsoft getting close. Obviously, it does make sense for Microsoft and Xbox to partner with another uh, another firm. Obviously, they're getting closer with, to them with uh, Android as well, with uh, different integrations there. But I have to ask this, guys, because it is is it possible for Xbox to succeed where Sony had failed earlier this gen? Because if you guys remember, PS Now, it, they put it on... Uh, Sony TVs, yeah. yeah. Well, it was on the Bravia brand uh, TVs, and then after a few years, they pulled the plug across the board. Not just on the TVs, but like also on stuff like the Vita and whatnot. But mm. still, they had to shift focus towards, I guess, more ideal areas like the PC. Now, can Xbox succeed where Sony failed? Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yes, they could, but at the same time, there wasn't a lot of Sony didn't penetrate a lot of homes in with their, mm-hmm. you know, with their Sony TV. Didn't even put their full weight behind it. They was yeah, some, yeah. There was no first party like uh, PS4 games, at least that I knew at the time. <clears throat> right, or like big day one releases, like Game Pass is day one. Like if they did that, I guarantee you, Uncharted Four was down there day one. It would have done a lot better. Right. Yeah, and I think. Once uh, xCloud is integrated with Game Pass, uh, when these TVs launch, you know, year after they're like phones now. They launch every six months. They launch every year. You get a new TV. So once the technology catches up to where uh, you can you just download the app or it's already integrated in it, um, you know, you're, you're going to start seeing a lot more people buy Xbox software uh, and Game Pass, you know, subscribing to Game Pass because of it. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, about- it's more of a time play. It's it's going to take time. This yeah. is definitely, uh, uh, you know, it's it's going to take time. It's not, it, you know, you, you, this stuff, all this stuff is the future, and I think that's what bodes well for it when compared to when Sony was doing it. It was kind of, you know, in its infancy, but uh, you know, this is is something that it's an added value to for Xbox. And I think that's what xCloud really is. People say it's going to take over. It's not going to take over. It's just basically another way to play your games and give you that ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead, Centurion. I know you want to chime in. I was just going to say that um, I think this was an awesome idea for Xbox, and I think it's a great way, like Tim Dog said, to uh, just another way for you to play your games. But I've already seen people starting to try to push the agenda that this is going to be the end of consoles. Yeah, stupid. I, yeah. Yeah, it's not going to be the end of consoles, not by a long. Maybe you know, maybe twenty years down the line, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, just at the moment, <laughs> consoles aren't going anywhere. You know, people really enjoy consoles. I mean, I still use it uh, as the center of entertainment in my household. 
Um, and they're just, to me, they're here to stay for a very long time. That being said, as technology changes, there's going to be one day where you don't need a console, you know, and we're not that, we're not that stage yet. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, shock. Oh, I was going to say, cause I hear a lot of people say like, um, you know, Sony's not going to follow Microsoft. I'm like, eventually technology is just going that way. It's mm -hmm. too much of a convenience of, oh, I can go, I can play, you know, whatever, The Last of Us or whatever. If you could just play that through your TV and it's, you know, pretty good quality. I mean, people don't care playing Last of Us at 30 frames per second. So it's very true. So, I mean, they could tone down the quality, you know, and I don't know. I mean, eventually it's going that way. So if you can just not buy a PS5 for like 500 bucks and you can just play it on your TV day one, eventually it's going that way. So especially mm -hmm. if Microsoft's leaning into it heavily. Yeah, when you can cut out the production costs, the manufacturing costs, you know, just the entire cost of creating a console, um, you know, you can – it just frees up so many other possibilities within the game the gaming industry itself mm -hmm, absolutely now again going back to previous statements made by microsoft and samsung uh, they had partnered with uh for x cloud to be bundled with samsung's future phones obviously here we see uh xbox game pass ultimate is there reason to believe that we'll see project x cloud make its way to uh samsung tvs as well well, that's yeah, the big thing. I think that's the thing. If, if they start getting an app where it's on the TV, that's where I think they can make uh, you know a little headway into users and stuff like that. I, I can almost promise you it's in beta right now for sure. You know, I can I can almost promise you that. The other thing is we might see an, an announcement uh, in July regarding <laughs> that. So I, I'm not sure. I'm just guessing, but that's my take on it. Is you will see uh, some sort of partnership uh, or announcement that, yeah, these the app, the beta app is going to be live on Samsung devices, LG devices, or any other devices, um, you know, moving forward. Yeah, I can see a tie-on for it to be on, like, the top of your start screen when you first turn on that Samsung, and you have yep. maybe, like, a free month of Game Pass, so you will try it, or more than likely entice, entice to yeah. do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I just I, I envision Microsoft's strategy. Obviously, they're going with uh, they're going heavy with streaming and with uh, Project X Cloud for the future and Game Pass. You know, they're doing this multi pronged kind of attack. Whereas at the beginning of this generation, it was just consoles. Now it's consoles, PC, uh, streaming, cloud, and subscriptions. Like they're covering all their bases to be successful going forward. Yeah, but they need to tighten up the Game Pass. I mean, that's this is just my opinion, but they need to tighten up Game Pass a little bit more. Get some more, get some more enticing games on there. Kind of offer maybe anywhere from fifty to a hundred more games on the on the service. Uh, they just need to do little things just to make the service better. And I think after uh, you know how long has the Game Pass been out? A couple years. I think it's just time for that. And they need to expand on the service, uh, whether it's through offering more games, 
Uh, and maybe that comes with a partnership with Sega. You know, you can do a, a bunch of things like bringing a Sega channel on where, you know, you can go down and scroll and download any type of Sega game that's built into the Game Pass infrastructure. Um, I think it makes sense. And, you know, I think it'd be a good idea because Sega already has, you know, 30 to 100 games that you can automatically play. Um, with any, you know, you could do it on iPhone. You can do it on any other system. So I think that makes sense. Well, I mean, listen, Xbox is going to have a ton of games coming with the studios that they have and the games that are in in, in development right now that we don't know about. So I think that it's it's going to take time, but there's going to be a time where I mean, it's it's pretty crazy right now, but where you're getting unbelievable value. Yeah, but I also think that if they they see it, Microsoft slow slow plays everything, and I understand why they do it. They want to launch services the right way, not um, not like Stadia, where <laughs> you know where or I'm sorry, what is it? Yeah, Stadia. Yeah, Stadia. Yeah, can't even think of it. It's gone now. Out of everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not getting a Cyberpunk Day One now. So yeah, well, I think that's, I think that's, but yeah. what I mean, what I'm saying is, they need to speed up everything because everybody is trying to catch up to whoever the leader is, and there's no de- definitive leader yet in the streaming service. This includes Xbox um, because there's so many players at play, and there's so many people doing it. Um, I don't want to say the right way, but you know, there's still a lot of players dipping in. Go ahead. I was going to say, you're looking at streaming as a whole. Now, let's, right. let's scale it down. Game streaming? I'm sorry, but I in, in NVIDIA GeForce is falling on its place. PlayStation now was a, is a never was. It doesn't, and, yeah, and, it doesn't and matter. Xbox is really doing a good job of carving out a really good name for themselves on yeah. this is how at least you start a streaming service. The second yeah. they flip that switch... It's going to be number one immediately. Yeah, and now well, the only it, can you blame Xbox wanting to be a little cautious because remember they tried to come out and talk about digital digital games and push that before it was ever a thing and people wanted to like destroy them um, and then they started creating technology that allowed you to turn your Xbox on with your voice and all of a sudden they were seen as trying to spy into your home. Meanwhile, now we got thermometers that we can, or sorry, thermostats that we can tell to turn up on our walls. We have Google Home and Alexa devices. I mean, mm-hmm. Microsoft sometimes pushed so far forward that it actually kind of bit them in the ass. Well, you look at that, you know, you look at, say, those that home series that you're talking about. How many people offer that service? You know, the Amazon does it. The Apple does it. Uh, just Google offers it. Uh, you just have so many uh, players dipping into what you know could be the Netflix of gaming. I mean, now again, you gotta you gotta cement yourself as a industry leader, and I don't think they've done that quite yet. See, now the one thing that I love how everybody always talks about how Netflix kind of has spent themselves into a hole, and all these other uh, game companies mm-hmm. kind of aren't in the position of Microsoft. Microsoft isn't codependent on microsoft isn't codependent on xbox xbox isn't codependent on game pass so therefore they have an advantage of being able to put their first party games and other games day and date into game pass without having to worry about the repercussions from the retail sales 
Um, well, there's a reason why Netflix, because they're just overproducing. They're paying these actors millions and millions of dollars and trying to, you know, well, these it, TV it, shows one after another. You know, That's from, from creating business management, um, that the minute you create the beast, it, it becomes a hungry monster very quickly. Right. And no, no actor, no, no self-righteous person is going to go to work year after year doing the same thing without getting a raise. So a lot of these actors, they do ask for raises and... That's where Netflix might be overpaying, but their business model was always to a point where they're only going to be able to make so many revenue because so much revenue because there's only going to be so many people investing in Netflix where Microsoft right. doesn't have to worry about that. They got Azure, they got they've got the Surface, they've got so many different products out in the world and they're able to balance their entire business where one sh falls short, the other one can uh, help balance that and a yeah. lot of these companies aren't in that position. And didn't yeah. Microsoft mention that all of your games were going to be streamable, not just the ones that you that are in Game Pass? Yeah, when, and that's another. That's another. Because no one's there. offering that. No one's offering, except I guess Stadia, but their selection is so minuscule. Well, yeah, not only know. their selection, but just their service alone is just dreadful. <laughs> I will at least just say one thing that Microsoft is at least leading the way in is pro consumerism. Yeah, um, sure. Definitely. Um, yeah, maybe they've got room to grow on Game Pass and other areas, but I can't name another uh, gaming company right now that's being as pro consumer as Microsoft. I mean, like these guys want games in everybody's hands. Yeah. Mm. Hello? Invader, are you there? You. Uh oh. Oh, yeah. No, sorry. You know, I had my mute on. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Tim. No, um, yeah, I, I think with, with uh, the library thing, I think you're always going to be able to get your full library, obviously, by using your own Xbox as a, a remote Xbox. Uh, how many, though, are going to be from the cloud? That's another question. I think that's pretty interesting. Um, you know, the time, what I think is, is when we want to get to the point where you buy a game. And, and you can stream it. That's it. You can stream it immediately from your to your phone. No. I think, no. but I think that that's years of way. But I think that's that's what X Cloud's, um, you know, goal is. You know, I, I don't. I think if you ask Xbox, you know, do you think X Cloud's going to be the end all? I don't think that they're going that way. They're just giving you more access, more ways to play your game, and they're also, you know, looking to get people who don't play on consoles to possibly buy in, uh, whether it's on a TV or their phone um, or whatever the case is, or somebody that doesn't have time to buy a console or is not interested, um, as they say, the $2 billion that they're they're gunning for. But there's a lot of – there's definitely a base there that they're going after. But this is, like Jeremy said, 20 years at least, I think, to really change the way, you know, uh, we buy games and stuff yeah. like Yeah, consoles. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And a point that I want to make, too, is obviously uh, Stadia was just brought up. They've been stumbling a lot since they launched. I see room here, and Crispy Bomb had mentioned this in the chat. What about Amazon, guys? They've been very quiet, and they have a very competent uh you know they're very competent in their streaming service obviously they have twitch and they have a lot of resources behind them and they do have competent studios from the looks of it as well i mean again they've been quiet uh you know microsoft has to watch uh, out 
Um, I'm pretty sure Microsoft is holding back maybe just a smidge, just in case you never know. Amazon could just all of a sudden pop up, and I'm pretty sure maybe they have a game plan ready to go just in case. Uh, but, oh my god, when it comes to Twitch, I, I feel like uh, they're doing a great job of uh, alienating their crowd, but that's a whole other subject <laughs> for another day. I don't even game stream, and I'm actually interested in the drama going on over there. I'm like, wow. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, that's the difference. I mean, I, I was just saying, like, how, like, they do have a competent back end, but, I mean, what what they're doing with their uh, consumer bases, uh, you know, and their uh, viewers is different entirely, though. I'm just saying, like, Microsoft, like, all Microsoft has to do is start running commercials that say, Mixer, it's normal over here. No drama <laughs> for your mama. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, I think, I mean, did they, did, I think, uh, I mean, I saw a lot of their fans really upset about Cyberpunk, but, uh, you know, I don't really see them getting many day-in-date uh, third-party games coming immediately to Stadia. I think it's going to take time. Uh, for the most part, what, have they had that uh, ever? No, no, they really haven't. They've maybe had like one or two indie games, but that's about it. Okay, I'm lost. What do you mean coming to Stadia? I just lost. Like day, day, day and date. Like let's say, um, uh, what are the games? Uh, let's not use uh, uh, Cyberpunk. Let's say um, one of their games. Um, what's another game that's coming out this okay, year? Okay, let's say Call of Duty, for example. Okay, Call of Duty. Like, do that? Do, do their fans really think that's going to come the day that it comes out? And I think that they were misled if that's the case. Because uh, I see a lot of upset fans from Stadia, you know, uh, you know, being saying that, that, that you know. So, but, well, this is the reason. Well, this is the issue that developers and publishers run into when they're developing for multiple consoles. They just run out of money. Plain and simple. You know. If you're not a huge developer, if you're not a huge uh, publisher, you're going to get eaten alive by some of these these big players you know because what's happening is so but to to their credit too is you're going to see a lot of exclusive games coming out for stadius and some of these other uh, like amazon platform when it finally does come out uh because again you you can't have a little indie developer or even a mid-tier developer developing games across all you know five platforms I think eventually they could do something like that. And I think that's why you see some of these games come out a year or two down the line when they get funding from a particular console or a particular business. Um, you know, say like, you know, you you develop a game and you release on PlayStation 2. I mean, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 4. And then a year later it comes out on Xbox. And then a year later it comes out on Switch. You know, that's because they have the funding to do that now and the resources to do it. So you're still going to see um, traction as far as that goes. but mm -hmm. Definitely. And then in the chat, uh, Dreadpool is just saying that uh, Stadia will have the new Baldur's Gate sequel as an exclusive, and it looks like they'll have a couple of others. So it's not like they aren't getting exclusive content, but at the same time, it would be nice, uh, Dreadpool is what we're saying, that just to a little be a more on time with... Uh, game releases as what the other platforms are doing because oh, Dread, i think dreadpool made a, a great you know Baldur's gate that's a huge series and that's something that people are going to go out and buy a stadia for just for Baldur's gate mm -hmm. i know i will 
I mean, I'm since yeah, I if they're not getting their games, like, see, I didn't. I was under the assumption that they probably would get the games day and date, but it doesn't look like that to be honest. I mean, you get some obviously you get Baldur's Gate and some games like that, but for them not to have like because it's know, a, it's just a different way of delivering a game. It's almost have they have to like redevelop. Right, I agree. Game for but that's a. I mean that's a pretty big knock on the. If you're going to be in a, a stream only and you're not going to have games when they come out, that's I don't know. Let's see another here's, blow. I think here's a more interesting question: Would you see Xbox games on Stadia since <laughs> since they want to get so. it in all these platforms? <laughs> I don't Ooh. know. That's a good question. Uh, right? I'll I'll be honest. I I don't see that, but just because of how much they are in competition with each other, it's, it's one thing if they give a few games to Nintendo, a few little platformers. Yeah. But um, I I just I can't see that happening at least in the near future, anyways. Just with how they're competing, especially on the cloud front. So yeah, you're right. Even even Xbox has said uh, that uh, Google is more of a a competitor than Sony, so I, I don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting to, to see how the service goes on with uh, Samsung on their TVs. Game Pass is obviously expanding, guys. Um, yeah, I'm going to move on to another topic, fellas. And, you know, for the past few weeks, we've been pondering what the heck Sega was going to announce on the last Jesus show. Christ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, me and Centurion and Shock were talking last week, you know, what the heck could they be announcing? And uh, lo and behold, you know, a few days ago, uh, we got the Game Gear micro announcement. And just in case uh, everybody <laughs> what, what, doesn't know... Yeah, it's a retro re-release of the classic handheld system, and it's 40% smaller than the original, obviously with the name Micro in the name, and it has a rather tiny one-inch screen, so pretty on the small side, to say the least. The Micro comes in four different colors, and each color, each different colored uh, handheld, it has four different games, uh, so that's kind of interesting as well. They're already pre-installed. Shock, I'm going to start with you on this topic. What do you think of the Game Gear Micro? Is this a little, well, underwhelming in contrast to what we've been talking about and the rumors we've been hearing? Yeah, it's absolute shit. hey i want some real answers here shock i want to know what are the specs what kind of resolution can i expect out of the screen it's just (laughs) such a ripoff as well because you have to buy each one's like yeah like you said like 50 dollars, and it has four games on it and there's four of them so if you buy the whole pack that gives you all four Mm -hmm. they'll give you a magnifying glass so you can look at the screen because the screen's like one point one five inch or something like that. I look. I think it from mm-hmm. the from the picture. It looks like their thumb nail covers the entire screen. Um, you know what? If it I had thought, all the games, maybe. But it, it doesn't. It has each yeah. one has four games. It's like I thought ten dollars a game a, gear game. That's a piece of shit. I thought <laughs> it was. <an> April, <laughs> I thought it was an April Fool's joke, and it's not even April. <laughs> I mean. I mean, the only positive thing is, I mean, maybe my penis will look larger side by side with it. I mean, that's probably about it. 
But wow. <laughs> I, I just Oof. the Look game gear was shit back then, so That's this is even more shit. Um, but they, I guess they are working on the their other announcement was something with some cloud tech they're using for their arcade machines, like in Japan. I think that was the other oh, thing they would to fog. announce. Yeah, yeah, that was. But that for but that for Mitsu guys, the one that got everybody hyped because you're saying this is a PS5 level announcement. What the hell? Yeah, I have to uh, throw some shade there because what the hell? What was he thinking? Saying, "Oh, this is gonna be like uh, yeah, revolutionary." Revolutionary. That's a very careful word you're using. Oh, like way to get everybody like super excited. Like the Game Gear was terrible in the '90s. You had to have so many batteries, and the thing would die anyway. So anytime I saw someone playing it, they were sitting next to a power outlet. It was a waste. It was well. I'll be. I have a Game Gear. I still have it tucked away somewhere. And honestly, I I liked my Game Gear. I'll be honest with you, Shock. I liked it. I I totally understand like the comments you're saying, but I don't know. I I kind of enjoyed it like, for it, what it was. It was cool for like the time because you could kind of like make your game your Genesis yeah. style games was, somewhat was, portable. But it it was cool. Until you you'd also have those... to have an outlet because batteries were. Yeah. Still. yeah, it was cool I mean, until you put those 18 batteries in the back. Well, <laughs> I okay, guys, I had the rechargeable backpack that you could like screw on to the like the back panel, and I also had the uh, I noticed that they have this as, as an accessory too, where you can like take this thing and put it over and it'll like make the screen bigger, like that accessory. Oh, oh man, my you know, like, invader, you yeah. could have been a, you could have made a Game Boy micro size, which is would be probably bigger than this. And just put every Genesis and Game Gear game on there, made it 50 bucks, and that would be, I would think, or not even everyone, but you could do like kind of like the SE and NES Classic and put a bunch of like Sega Genesis games, like some of the best ones. Mm -hmm. You know, I think bucks. I people think, would buy that up, but this is I terrible. Shock, I think if they would have just released it, not told anybody about it. There wouldn't have been this huge blowback. I think the fact that they were hyping this up, yeah. they hyped it up. Well, that was, guy, the guy that got the scoop, I guess, hyped it up. Sega, did. yeah, but it, and mm -hmm. nevertheless, it still got hyped up. Well, I didn't see Sega exactly fanning the flames either. I mean, yeah, they right. should. You, you know, know, I mean, I, I've said this. I said it all week on Twitter. I wasn't here last week, but I would definitely have said it. I knew it was going to be something stupid. <laughs> I knew it was. I, I knew it was going to be this. Um, it, it's actually. I actually think it was worse. Yeah. Than, than I expected, but you know, I mean, like I said, the guy, like you guys said, the guy who's saying it's revolutionary, that's really bullshit. You know, come on. Yeah. You know, you know someone's gonna hack it, and you're gonna put, be able to play all the Game Gear games on it, just like yeah. the Super Nin or SNES Classic. Mm -hmm. Now. I just I do have to mention though that this is only for sale in Japan starting in October. Now, is it a mistake to limit it only to the one region? Probably not. I think it would die here. So, yeah. well, you got all kinds <laughs> of collectors. I'm just saying. Sega is super well, big in Japan still. Yeah, love, I mean, they love small electronics. So, and you can carry a lot of weight there still. It's not like you can't buy them. Still, True. they're still going to be. Yeah, they're still going to be. Uh, yeah, you still import here. Them. Yeah. We had all mm -hmm. type of stupid rumors, Sega rebranding. Re I mean, 
I was like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah, but again, I think people are mad because they want so bad to get some Sega Xbox news, whether it's a partnership. And I mean, even if, (laughs) even if, listen, even if Sega doesn't want to sell, and even if they don't sell, um, if Phil were to go and say, you know, buy their IPs, I think even, I think that would be on the table rather than just buying Sega because you do have, uh, you know, all those studios lined up. You have the talent now in place. Now, where you can go to buy those IPs and steal them from Sega um, because they're not even utilized. They're not even using those, those yeah. uh, IPs. It's just ridiculous. It's yeah. funny that people are saying that there's no way Sega is going to rebrand themselves like on an Xbox because, uh, you know, they don't think Japanese people are that stupid. No, they actually think even less of them because they're trying to sell them for Game Gear games for $50 a piece. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sorry if you were to buy that, Sega Xbox could have been yeah. I mean, it's more of a collector's piece than anything. I mean, who's going to really open those up and play their games uh, on the actual system? Probably nobody. They're going to be, it's going to be a collector's item collecting dust on There's their shelves. There's going to be videos of someone's kid walking around, holding on to that thing, beating it into the coffee table. No, oh, silence. See, okay, fine. <laughs> I, thought, <laughs> I thought you were going. I was just going to say, like, I'm just kind of like, I honestly see, like, if, oh, man. If those things are sold over here, I think some people I you guys being the Sega generation are going to understand the uh, awesomeness of, well, I don't want to say awesome, but at least the history of Sega. We'll just say that there is people that are going to buy that thing that are not going to understand what it is or just the novelty of it. They just Mm -hmm. thought it was a small little game console that they would give to their small child. Mm -hmm. It's just. Again, this was a very underwhelming announcement, to say the least. Obviously, the entire panel and even the chat, the chat's just like, what the heck? Now, again, Jeremy, you had touched on, you know, it would still be nice if, you know, Microsoft, Xbox were to, like, go to Sega and be like, hey, guys, can we utilize some of these IPs? Like, I kind of want to believe, just because of how their relationship has been over the past couple of years, I want to believe, for whatever reason, just because they've been so buddy-buddy recently that there's something more there. Yeah, know? I do too. And it's it's one of these things where you, you look at a company like Konami and all the IPs that are sitting on, what a effing waste. Yeah. And then Sega's, Sega's one of these other companies that they're just sitting on gold. They're sitting on gold uh, and it, you know, it's just, they're being uh, underutilized and fans want these. I mean, Sh- uh, Shock, you can attest to this. Fans want Sega IPs. Fans want uh, Konami IPs. There's just so all they have to do is go to the Sega Saturn. There's so many Japanese Sega Saturn games yep. that Bernie Stolar just said it could have done been a bigger uh, console if yeah. they would have ported those games over to the Sega in North America. Oh, we're talking, back then. You're talking about some of the best games ever made at the time. There's like Dragon Force. There's so many Shining Force. They even finished the story here. They give you like one slice yep. of it. But there's just so yep. many RPGs they could just like remake. It gives you the whole storyline. It's yeah. it's right there. All you have to do is just like remake it. So not to be the one to ask that question, but why don't yeah, they? Sell it. Ah. A lot of it has to do with code. 
Um, you know, uh, they so lost Panzer Dragoon. They have yeah. They don't have the game. They lost it. It's gone. They lost it. Gone <laughs> oh my god! Well, it's running around here somewhere. I don't know where. A lot, where, of, but we'll a lot of games are lost. They yeah. A lot of companies. A lot of them just didn't back up stuff like that from like the nineties. Wow. You know, that's why Panzer Dragoon or uh, Saga. You know, they made only ten thousand copies of that game. Now it goes for you know six to a thousand dollars on freaking eBay. Just for that one game. That's what I was surprised they remade the Panzer Dragoon for the Switch. That's why I gave yeah. me hope of like, wait, they've got to do the second one. And if they do the second one, I'm just praying they do Saga. That would be amazing if they remade that game. Oh, yeah. I mean, they re- they uh, remastered the um, the soundtrack for it. But they're, they're sitting on a gold mine of just ideas where they could like, okay, blow that up into more of a triple-A game rpg yeah. this is the perfect time especially for the switch if they released a game like a if panzer dragoon saga hits the switch that thing's gonna everyone's gonna buy that that plays any type of fire emblem rpg and i think that what really irritates me i think out of all the whole industry news is this konami and sega and what they have and what they don't use it's Konami especially, they're, they're not they're not doing a single thing i don't think they'll ever use it and get money off of it but you're right Either Sony or Microsoft can get, you know, exclusivity just to an IP. It's huge. Yeah. Kind of like that Final Fantasy VII announcement, like when people were just crying in the crowd when they just announced that it was being remade. You could do that if, like, hey, they have on their stage, hey, we're uh, the Panzer Dragoon Saga remakes coming. People, There'll be Sega fan. Well, there won't be any crowd anymore, but... (laughs) (laughs) Like there would be like people just going losing their minds, especially every Sega yeah. fan. That's you know, I had a chance to play both when uh, back in the days, uh, Panzer Dragoon Saga. I finished it. I finished uh, Final Fantasy VII, and I have to say, I really enjoyed uh, Panzer Dragoon Saga better. I thought it was a better overall game than Final Fantasy VII. Um, it was just a great game. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, there's definitely IP that could be uh, used. I mean, again, it's just they have they're definitely close. You see what happened with uh, different games coming to Game Pass Yakuza. I mean, who would have thought seeing all those games coming? Uh, there's other titles. You look at uh, Fantasy Fantasy Star Online uh, making its yeah. way over as well, and, and that's really popular right now. You could see people want Sega games. That Fantasy Star is blowing up. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So that's why I like to think that there's still something there. Again, we don't know what that is, but I don't know. It just it, there's too much of a coincidence going on here, and I want to say that they have something going on for the near future. But that's just my take. So, Invader, true story. I've been fortunate to have owned uh, two Panzer Dragoon sagas in my life, and the second one I purchased was when I was, uh, you know. I bought it off a customer for 50 bucks. He didn't know what he had. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, bring it, bring it in. Just bring it in. I'm going to buy it. Ended up selling it for like 400 bucks online, which is cheap. You know, that's a, so. that's a discount these days. Yeah. <laughs> Where'd you, where do you sell it to you at? Uh, I was, when I was manager at GameStop a long time ago. Wow. That, was that game was game. hard to get if you tried I to buy it. I see they trained one. you well. <laughs> <laughs> if you tried to buy that the first day it came out it was hard to get because that's when sega was it was like one of the last games to release for the saturn 
that. Hmm. So. All right. All right. Well, yeah, again, it's uh, interesting to see this announcement pop up, guys. It's very unfortunate, but oh, I guess it's something for uh, collectors to enjoy in any case. And hopefully we see something more significant down the line from Sega. But I'm going to go on to something else that's been making the rounds. And it appears as if there's a new unannounced Halo project in the works. Now, everybody's favorite Xbox squirrel, Clobriel, found a job posting uh, from a senior for a senior producer to develop a new project in the Halo universe. So that's really exciting, especially since we don't even have Halo Infinite in our hands quite yet. Now, I'll throw this up to anybody on the panel, whoever wants to take it first. Let's say 343 are planning to do a spinoff to the franchise. Now, what kind of game would you like to see them do? I, I don't think it's going to be a spinoff. I think it's going to be, uh, you know, Halo after the fact, you know, Halo Infinite Part 2, which I don't think they're going to conclude in the first game. So I think it's geared towards the second game in, in this particular series. I think, um, you know, it's going to be built for the ground up using um you know xbox series x technology um and i think it's gonna they're gonna get get it done pretty quick or maybe it's even dlc who knows you know who knows what it is so uh, i don't think it's a spin-off i mean does it say specifically no uh, it's very little information we're just guessing at this point very little information, that's true. But, it, I mean, it does it does kind of hint, though, that there could be something beyond Infinite, though, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, nobody wants to nobody wants to see the Master Chief's uh, story end. Nobody. And they'll be fools to do that. I mean, you can't... You'll have a situation where you have the gear... You know, even though gear is kind of... Uh, yeah, I mean, they still have the same characters, per se, but... I mean, if you start messing with Master Chief, you're, you're talking about, uh, you know, Star Wars type <laughs> fan reactions. Um, you know, they'll just get crazy over that. Mm-hmm. You see, I'm with you, Jeremy, where I can't see the, ma- you know, like to me, Halo and the Master Chief are synonymous and you need the Master Chief for a mainline Halo game. I never want to see the Master Chief die. But the thing is, I see comments like, well, eventually the Master Chief needs to, you know, to go away. Even like 343 have sort of made hints themselves. And I'm like, guys, what are you, why are you saying this? What about Halo Wars 2? That was technically a spinoff. Yeah. You know what I would do? You know what I would do if I was, if I was Xboxes? I would put... The Halo, I would put a Halo series in video game format on the Game Pass coming out maybe every year, a campaign where you can play, uh, you know, a campaign every year. You know, it releases every year for someone to play. And it's just like a TV series where you you go and you have something to look forward to on Game Pass every single year playing a new episode of, of the Master Chief Tales, you know, something like that. it'd be a a good idea oh yeah so kind of similar to do you remember those uh, story missions that came out was it Spartan Ops for Halo 4 back in the day yeah Uh, yeah 
Yeah, so it's sort of similar like that, yeah. but that, those Could things catch on, like that. Yeah, see, that's what I think, uh, you know, if it's going to be anything, it's going to be very small. It's going to be something that it's not going to get us excited. Because I think if it was an, if it was somewhat of a big nature, um, we would have heard it, uh, or we will hear about it at E3. I just... Uh, 343 is big enough to where they can get a game running in a matter of, you know, a year. Yeah, but they still got Halo Infinite up and running at at launch. I think that, listen, you're right. They're they're up to, like, literally 700 people working on Halo Infinite. So Mm -hmm. uh, they're really trying to hit the, uh, you know, with COVID and everything that's happened, they're just trying to hit release from what I've heard. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know absolutely. Um, and they have other studios like Skybox Labs working with them mm-hmm. as well. Like they, they got a couple of studios. It's a yeah, it's quite the joint project. Yeah, freelancers, I, I, everything. I would mm-hmm. say that three four three is under a lot of pressure, no doubt, to deliver uh, something special with Halo and Halo fans. You know, I hope so. I really hope so because I mean, I, again, we all have different opinions, and I totally respect them, especially the guys in the chat. Don't get me wrong here, but I think a lot of people will agree with me that Halo Five, at least in the story respects, with the campaign, it was kind of a a letdown to say the least in a lot of respects. So they yeah. do like they do have to make up to the fan base, and I mean, judging from what we've seen so far, I mean, it's only been a little bit of snippets, but. I mean, they seem to be going the right route and trying to correct, like, plot mistakes and just even design mistakes yeah. as a whole. But Yeah, because, I mean, take 4 campaign, for example, had a very, very solid campaign. However, halfway through the game, it just, it, I mean, it was like playing two separate games. I mean, it, was just, it got boring. I think half, part of that had to do with the plot. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. Well, I didn't like where they had the two teams, you know, like I think they just should have focused on Chiefs team per se. Yeah, they well, didn't even they didn't talking, even need I was talking about four, but yeah, five had its whole huge set of problems as far as that goes. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like they could just have one game focusing on Chiefs old team alone. Like they didn't need all this other right. stuff. It was it got way too overblown. And yeah, they definitely do need to correct some mistakes there. But again, Halo is a universe that you can do so much with. And I, I and I do agree with that statement shared by a lot of community members. Uh, do you guys think we'll see a Halo Wars 3 in the future? No. I'd say no. Because they didn't make any they didn't make any money on, no. on the other one. Yeah. I'm kind of curious then what they would do with the tr- the uh, character Atriox. He might be an infinite. Who knows? I'm hoping yeah. he's an infinite. Well, I there's didn't, been I didn't care for Atriox. I thought he was a just a poor character. I don't uh, know. He was Atriox. awesome. Atriox uh, compared to a lot of what you got out of Halo, Atriox was really cool. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, I mean, come on, Jeremy. In comparison to uh, Warden Eternal from Halo 5 (laughs) (laughs) and a whole bunch of others uh, from that game, he just kind of really... I just don't like those giant gorilla creatures. You're just not a big fan. Yeah, you're not a fan of brutes, but... Yeah. uh, You know, but that's what really cool... Like, that's... Up until that point, nobody cared for the brutes. They were just like, oh, there's just the big big hairy apes of of, um, Halo... 
yeah. then Atriox all of a sudden comes out and kind of helps flush out, like, when you actually kind of give, I guess, when you actually take one of these characters and give them a proper role. Yeah. And, well, yeah, and the personality and the story arc behind it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, there was a leak, uh, like, a week or two ago regarding... It always seems to be the toy line for whatever reason with Halo these days, and it looks like they they found this uh, uh, hunter toy, and it had the same markings and the same colorings as what the banished were in Halo Wars Two. So that's why a lot of people are thinking that it could be the banished appearing in uh, Halo Infinite. Maybe Atriox. That would be quite uh, interesting to see Master yeah. Chief well- fight. If you were, I wasn't trying to interrupt, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, if you were trying to close out, I guess, a whole bunch of games, or even if they've made comments about eventually Master Chief not having to be the, like, the, like the center of attention when it comes to the Halo universe, um, I guess you would really want to take all the games out there, which are Halo and Halo Wars, and just kind of, I guess, close them all off. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are wondering what they're going to do with, let's say, uh, Agent Locke from Halo 5, for example. I mean, personally, I think that he's kind of, I don't want to say dead in the water, but I just, I I don't think they're going to be doing much with him going forward, in my opinion. So, but as with a lot of those characters. I think we start a pool on Twitter and uh, start taking (laughs) bets now on how long Locke makes it into the game. Five minutes, fifteen, hour, couple hours. I just I can't I can't see him coming back personally. He had the uh the personality of an absorbent sponge, but now Twitter. I no, I'm not trying to keep Whoa. this subject going, but I actually kinda enjoyed some of the characters of of Halo Five. Like um one of the uh, one of yeah. the guys that was on the fire team for Locke uh, was yep. actually the main was the captain of the Serenity on Firefly. Oh, you're talking about? Uh, uh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Um, Buck, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's Buck. I, that, yeah, that's what I mean. Like it, it was actually like it. it that's I maybe they didn't find the right guys or write the characters right, but. I mean, some of it was actually kind of interesting because Halo was just at this mm. point where it was just your Master Chief go save the universe, and now all of a sudden you have like all these stories starting to unfold. So maybe I was just out of touch with Halo for so long that when I played Halo Five, I actually enjoyed it. But you see, I found that you see, I I loved Buck from Halo ODST. Uh, the issue is. I don't find him as relatable from when he was an ODST to a Spartan because I think that's what that was one of his redeeming qualities personally that he was a grunt. Yeah, but you know that he was more uh, relatable that way. He was just more like a part of the military. Well, not more part of the military, but it was just like he wasn't a Spartan, right? That's why like a lot of people like ODST for what it is it's a squad of uh, these. Uh, elite military, this elite military unit, and they had their own personalities, and they they stood out on their own. They didn't need to be Spartans, and then they it just seemed like they took Buck, plopped them out because he was one of the favorite characters in the Halo universe, and just now, plopped them into that squad. Now, do you think the stigma that surrounds the the character Locke is purely because of how the character was advertised compared to the way he was in the game? Like, I remember Master Chief laying on the ground, 
dirt everywhere, you know, the whole fog in the air, smoke thing, and there's Locke coming out of the smoke, and that's when you realize that he's actually downed Master Chief, and he's actually going over to finish the job, and, like, I mean, like, Locke was portrayed to be something bigger than he was. Yeah, they screwed Locke up. Yeah, I have to agree with Tim here. Like, I'm not saying... I know, I know I, I commented on him earlier. I, I wanted Locke to be good. Heck, you know, I bought the uh, Legendary Edition. I have the statue of both Locke and Chief together. I wanted him to be a uh, good character, but just they didn't do much. Again, they had too many characters going at the same time. Yeah. And I don't know. Like, I, think, I, think, I think just people love Chief so much. I mean, he's just mm-hmm. such an iconic, heroic figure, even though he has... Well, like what you said, a personality of a sponge, even though you were talking about uh, Locke. Um, you know, he, Chief's one of these characters where it's just, I mean, people just, like, he's a Mario. He's a, he's a Link. And he's that type of character that people love. And now Geralt, you know, with uh, CD Project Red, you know, you could throw Geralt in there. He's he's coming up on like, iconic status. Go ahead, Centurion. The only thing is I want to add on to that because I like how, you know, like, oh, he's a Link or he's a, he's a Mario. He really is. He's an icon. The only problem is you can take a Mario game and there's no sequel to a Mario game, really. Most of the time there's not. I mean, he's put in different worlds, Paper Mario, uh, Mario Galaxy, um, just so many di- Mario Odyssey, so many different versions. Um, but they always look at the Master Chief uh, or the Halo franchise as this continuous universe, like one game has to kind of somehow acknowledge the previous game. So it puts it in a different situation because unlike Link and Mario, that can be put in any game in any situation without there having to be any acknowledgement of any game previous. It, it makes it really hard on like, well, what do we do with Master Chief going forward? Because he's just been around for so long, but we want to evolve the franchise like people want but they're not willing to let go of um, Master Chief. So I feel like it puts it in a very difficult situation. No, I mean, it's the same thing if you think about it. It's all about saving the world, saving the castle, saving the princess. But the, uh, And yeah. they're just, the only difference is they're just throwing different gameplay elements in it uh, in a different world. And that's how games you know, throughout history have progressed. You know, that's just my opinion. I I just because I'm just talking like the story. Like if we really think about from the first game, how the Arbiter became the Arbiter in the second game and they kind of hatched that story out. And by the third game, you're now you got this uh, relationship between Master Chief and the Arbiter and they're fighting the Flood, who's also fighting the Covenant. And it's just this this big thing. And like it's this big, great, big hatched out story and it has to like function and there's lore and there's comic books but meanwhile yeah. but meanwhile uh one year mario's out saving the world the mario's out saving the world with a hat yeah. uh the year before that he's cruising around the universe collecting stars saving the, the universe i mean the like water. there's no, right there's like that's where it's just like it's like there's a different set of rules involved with these characters, which um, makes it really kind of hard, in my opinion, when it comes to Master Chief, because how many times could you really keep a, keep that franchise kind of like appeasing people without having to do something dramatic like putting Master Chief in something that actually has m- no sense at all when it comes to Halo lore? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I think Absolutely. that's one of their downfalls of three four three was not keeping it kind of streamlined, and they just branched out the story arcs. You know, you got the Covenant, and you got the Flood, and you got the Forerunner. It's just so many things. But like you said, you know, the whole lore thing and the comic books, and it's just so much to the universe. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, fellas. It's uh, really interesting to see where Halo is going to go. Obviously, there's different story arcs they could go with. I'm just really looking forward to a mainline Master Chief game for now. But hey, there there is a lot of things they could do with uh, different aspects of the uh, the lore and the universe. I'm going to move on to another topic, guys. And Xbox recently made statements regarding the global launch of the Xbox Series X. Now, Xbox head Phil Spencer stated that Microsoft is committed to a worldwide system launch and that they're mm-hmm. promising to do uh, a better job with rollouts in Japan. Now, Jeremy, I'm going to head over to you first on this one, bud. Now, how important is it for Microsoft to launch the Xbox Series X in Japan at the same time as the other regions? Uh to me, they need to focus on it. They've pledged to do a better job in Japan. How exactly? You know, maybe he'll address it at the in July. Um, but where is the roadmap? And I want to see a roadmap on exactly how, because you know, the 360 got it done. You know, I think the 360 did a good job. I think Phil Spencer needs to do a better job in Japan. Yeah, they've done a couple of nice things, like getting Final Fantasy games and Yakuza. But it's going to take a lot more than that, guys. Um, I think they have to buy a relevant Japanese studio, um, maybe with some big IPs tied to it, no doubt. So whether it's from software, Sega, Square Enix, I know these are, you know, these are pipe dreams, but Bandai Namco, Tecmo, I mean, Capcom's even out there, whoever. Um because each of these companies have a treasure trove of IPs that are hugely popular in Japan, that's what needs to happen. Because you automatically, when you do that, you automatically have an install base per se. Uh, I'm always going to refer back to the 360 days because you know that's when um, I was completely happy being an Xbox uh, owner. You know they brought in these Japanese titles like Blue Dragon and Lost Odyssey. Uh, and made some big moves in regards to that. So they simply, uh, you know, they got it done. So um, around the world, I think Japanese games cater to the hardcore, um, not to just casual gamers. Some do, but for the most part, it's hardcore gamers. And it's just another reason why people own PlayStation, why they own a Nintendo Switch, because you can buy those games on the actual platforms. Um, so, you know, one way to get in, I was thinking about one way to like get into the market, but, um, you have to buy a company that had, that could sell a lot of merch. So if you buy Sega, you know, imagine branding the Microsoft, uh, you know, label on a stuffed Sonic or a stuffed Tails or a stuffed Knuckles and like, kind of like what they did with Minecraft, you know? Minecraft, they just the merchandise exploded. And if you buy some of these uh, iconic companies like Sega, you can do those kinds of things and get your brand recognition out there. Um, you know, 
because of it. So I think they need to make a move like that in order to be relevant in Japan. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Now, Phil Sp uh, Xbox had Phil Spencer. He was recently on a podcast. He was on our friends over at Gamertag Radio. He, he did a show with them, and he stated that he wants the Xbox brand, and I quote, to mean more than it does today. And in that particular region, that our market in Japan for Xbox is important to us. So, I mean, I would read that as, you know, I, I would hope that they consider it extremely important. And as you said, Jeremy, that maybe they can get some talent. Obviously, they definitely need to acquire a studio or two over there. Yeah. Right. So when you buy, uh, you know, when you buy a company like Sega, they have some, some of the iconic uh, characters in video game history. Uh, whether you can look down the line from, I mean, just there's so many possibilities uh, and you can just sell merchandise, Microsoft merchandise in Japan. They could ship to Japan. Uh, and then, you know, that's how you get your brand out there. And that's how, you know, you can make moves in regards to that. But again, they're going to have to create ga great games out there too. So um, I think that's where they need to maybe go buy a Sega or from software or a Bandai Namco, even though it's, you know, maybe out of the question, but they need to make some kind of move in order to be relevant in Japan. They can't just, they can't just, uh, you know, launch in Japan and then, you know, bring out some of these J Japanese, it just, it's going to flop, you know, so they need to make mm -hmm. a big move, something that, um, you know, J uh, Japanese gamers can gravitate uh, towards um, to be relevant in Japan. Mm -hmm. Like, I think they're positioning themselves uh, pretty well over there. Obviously, we talked earlier in the show about, you know, Samsung and putting it on their televisions, for example, Xbox Game Pass. They got Project X Cloud. Yeah, they could definitely get a couple of Asian studios, Japanese studios. Um, they they do need a strong launch lineup. They need they could use a couple of JRPGs in there right off the bat, because if they're going to be aggressive and launch within like within the same time period on the exact same day or same month they got to have not just obviously the regular exclusives but the you know that's specific region japan or even korea you know get uh, get some games from some well-known developers there because they need that big brand recognition and even a big company like uh, from software when you do that I know from software, they make primarily third-party games. But in the past, they've developed exclusives on, you know, for Sony's platform. When you do that, if you buy from software, you're going to piss a lot of Sony fans off, like really piss them off. They'll think it's the end of the fucking world if if uh, Xbox buys from software. Um, if they do that, they could corner the market and do all kinds of things with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, they could definitely do a lot of different things like I would love to know what Phil has up his sleeve because they've been over to he's been making a lot of pit stops in Japan, him and Aaron within the past year or two. I would love to know what they have uh, going for them over there, because can you imagine? Obviously, they, they seem to have marketing rights for from software's game Elden Ring, but they got to have some firm exclusives for the platform. Yep. Agreed. Yeah, and you're saying people are underestimating like the Series X power as well, or just don't understand it quite yet. So hopefully, 
they show us a lot here in uh, July in their next event. I'm so curious think, what this is going to do for their sales. Yeah, I think what they do because nobody cares when, uh, you know, yeah, you're going to say Xbox Series X is more powerful on paper, but you know when these games come out, that's where it matters. You know, again, if you see these first-party Sony games uh, looking as good as they look, and then Xbox comes out and you know they bring out. I'm, I'm, I'm going to use Crackdown 3 again. I'm going to use State of Decay 2 again. I'm going to use some other games that they're just poorly developed in terms of graphical um, capabilities or performance. They're going to get trashed. And at that point, power is not going to matter. I don't care um, you know, what you say about it. If, if Sony's first-party games look absolutely gorgeous, while um, you know some of these Xbox games are underperforming, like they have in the past, I think we're going to have some serious problems. Yeah, like we already have some. Obviously, from their third-party event, we have some known games that will launch, like Yakuza, like a Dragon, very important title to have. Scarlet ne um, Scarlet Nexus was announced, uh, along with uh, oh, what's it called? Bright Memory Infinite. Yeah. Like th these are some cool games to have, but they need some for sure exclusives to yeah. have right there. So you know, but I know this is probably a bad example because PS2 dominated the market. Uh, but when you look at the Xbox and the PlayStation 2, you can clearly see a graphical uh, upgrade in fidelity. You know, just I mean, it looked better by far. Xbox games looked better than PlayStation games. I don't care what uh, type of game it was or company it was. The games looked better. They looked sharper. They looked cleaner. They looked, you know, they had more polys pushing. Um, I think that's what Xbox Series X needs uh, to be compared to, you know, Sony's platform. Um, let me, so for starters, I'm curious what this is going to do for their sales because PlayStation is sold in more regions than Xbox, and hopefully this opens more avenues for them to uh, get their console out there, so that way we could get a, a true definement on really when it comes to console sales, because just because I've never fed into PlayStation sells more than Xbox, well, it's like, well, yeah, because it's sold in almost twice as many regions. Um, hopefully this kind of counterbalances that, but... One thing to keep in mind, I know out here in the States, resolution, graphics, power, all that good jazz is great. Over in Asia, I'm not sure if they're that big on it. I'm not completely sure because the Nintendo Switch is dominating the market. It's actually outselling the PlayStation 4. So we all know the Switch cannot produce the graphics that the PlayStation has. So is th mm -hmm. this where it opens up the idea or the conversation would they prefer games or would they no, prefer resolution? Nintendo does something totally different. I mean, I wouldn't, it's not even a console in my opinion, but, but yeah, the market you, over there is more handheld. See, that's, that's the other right. issue. Right. So the, like, I'm just saying in a market that's used to playing on their cell phone and on handhelds, I don't think they're worried about how many teraflops that thing's really pushing. Absolutely, but they have a lot of games geared towards like their central Japanese market in the in the first place, and you know, good on them. They're they're doing very well with the Nintendo Switch. They have something very unique, as you were stating, Centurion, and 
You know what? We'll just have to uh, see. I'm I'm really glad to hear the confidence of Phil Spencer regarding uh, the launches. Like it seems like it's going to be a true worldwide launch going forward with the Xbox Series X. Something that, well, actually, both the uh, the Xbox One and the PlayStation Four they they both had a delayed launch into these territories. Now, now you, you know, said I... you're kind of curious what Phil Spencer has up his sleeve to compete in that market. What if what if X Cloud? is really a big part of that battle plan uh it can't be part of the battle plan because no, i said have... i said it can't be you're saying it can't be a part at all it can't because they don't have the software for it those uh, the japanese market asian markets uh they take a different type of game and xbox just doesn't have those games they have it, so it doesn't matter what kind of software app you're running it doesn't matter what kind of console you have at the end of the day when you don't have the software but Which they're already the, rolling yeah. Game Pass out in Japan, and if I'm right, oh. XCloud is supposed to piggyback off of Game Pass. Okay, yeah, but, it's supposed to be a part of it. But it's gonna be it's gonna be irrelevant in Japan, to be honest. Uh, I'm just being honest because again, they don't have the software that PlayStation and 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 Switch have. They just don't. So that's what I'm saying. Xbox needs to do something to counter that, whether it's buying. A, uh, a you know one of these household Japanese names that already have um, you know some stake in Japan um, I think that's what it's gonna take um so but just to kind of say so you're saying the Asian market over there is not in interested in the Western market at all nope they're not at all not one bit so transformers exploded why Come on, you're talking about uh, <laughs> that. That's not. It's, you can't even compare the two. But the, the actually over there, they're actually extremely interested in the. the they're they're very interested in the in the Western entertainment. Like ah. gaming is kind of like gaming is entertainment. So yeah, that's why I'm pretty sure there's got to be some interest for Western gaming over there. No, there's absolutely no interest whatsoever. Which is why Xbox hasn't hasn't done well over there they did okay okay not even okay with the 360 not even okay not with even, the, and they had everything yeah. with the 360 mm -hmm. right they had the games they had everything at least I they just, had yeah i just think it's a matter of it's a lost cause uh japan yeah. i think that they can do a little i think the smartest thing for them is to get a uh, a developer i don't think it has to be a huge developer but just get their presence yeah, yeah. there and and build from there yeah. uh you know i think they're I having a think, hard to I, th I think they're having a hard time doing it yeah i don't um, think i don't think it's a lost cause at all because once you again once you buy a company like sega or you, you buy, buy many, sega pretty much yeah you'd, you'd have to buy chance. sega it's just not i don't know Look what they did before they had the granddaddy of final fantasy make a some great rpgs on the 360 and it didn't do shit I just yeah. don't think that they, they're open to to experts, to be honest. It's yeah. my personal opinion, but their best chance is uh, piggybacking off the Switch since it's blowing up there and it's going mobile, and that's the way they that market likes to play their games these days. Yeah. Get X Cloud on the Switch. That's. I mean, people are still yeah. going to use uh, the newer systems to get the fidelity that these new consoles, you know, are going to be on, like the PS5 and the Xbox or Series X. So I don't think putting the games on the Switch is really a bad thing. It's just a, it's like the mobile market. It's like, do you want the mobile 
it's going to be on your phone anyway, so might as well put xCloud on the Switch. It's already on there, and Japanese market taps into it without having them shell out five hundred dollars on a console they don't probably see themselves buying. So, yeah, see, that's their best chance. Not to, I guess, kind of put on more on this conversation, but um, I'm it's just trying to. Wrap, I'm trying to. Now. I'm trying to wrap mm-hmm. my mind around the whole situation, like the whole conversation, because I just don't like so. Oh my god! Like I totally had a total brain fart right there on where I was going with that. Because um, I'm just like you're like so you don't think that during the Xbox 360 era it was a total different world when it came to internet um, connectivity. Like yeah. I'm sorry, I will say it. Gaming was still very isolating during and during even during the Xbox 360 era because you know um, only up until that point. Uh, pretty much i understand that online multiplayer has been a thing since the original xbox and the playstation 2 but it did not become seriously mainstream until the playstation 3 and the xbox 360 era because consoles came out of the box ready to go to do this this wasn't something that had to be added on like the playstation but still it was still very isolating because at those times you had to have a pretty decent internet signal, which was hard to come by, and it was expensive. They had all these things. So that's where I'm like kind of wondering why I feel like maybe the Asian market has changed when it comes to that desire to want to at least see what the Western market can offer. Um, purely because um like uh look that's, at um, I mean that's the problem. Look, it hasn't it hasn't changed at all. So I then mean, why is like look at look at Bl- Activision Blizzard with Overwatch? Overwatch is actually pretty big over there. Like, yeah, I mean, that's, like, that's rare for a first person shooter. But that's no, but crazy. what I'm just getting at is I feel like that maybe there is a spark of interest there, and Phil Spencer yeah. sees it. Yeah, but you really have to capture lightning in a bottle. Like, yeah. I mean, Overwatch, yeah. I mean, that that's an exceptional exa- example. Overwatch is, you know, has done well yeah, I think, all over the world. But yeah, yeah, I think it's one of those things where Overwatch has those characters in it where, it, you know, Japanese character, Japanese uh, people can relate to, you know, I think that's probably one of the biggest things. But mm-hmm. that being said, though, I mean, the Asian market, like Z Blackheart Writer is saying, it's not just Japan. I mean, Japan's a huge part of that. But then you look at South Korea, for example, they have a huge, mm. huge yeah, uh, like, gaming population. And yeah. they say actually Game Pass is very successful over in South Korea, which is, uh, I'm just kind of like, if I'm correct, call me wrong. No, wait, it's, it's, it's China that they take most of their stuff from South Korea, not Japan. So I'm just getting stuff confused at that point. I'm just saying that it just, I see interest there. It, I just find it hard to believe that there would be no interest at all, at least in any kind of Western form of gaming entertainment. Listen, yeah. when you have uh, rumors of a rebranding of Sega for the system to try and trick the Japan, I, don't, I think that says a lot for the situation that it's in. Um, you know, you've had weeks with Xbox One where there was like you sold 10 or 90 you know, 90 Xboxes. Uh, to me, that's just, uh, I just think there's just, um, they're just too far behind what's out there. And uh, I don't really see uh, a huge opportunity there personally. But I do think that they can start small and they can, you know, get a, a couple of developers, uh, buy a couple of developers and, and take it from there. But I definitely don't see them doing well. 
in Japan at all. You know what? I'm going to be a little optimistic here. I, I think that, I mean, they, okay, they do need to get a couple of developers, but they can slowly build up and you know, get some unique games going. And I want to say that I, I want to see what they were what they were doing back in the, the 360 early on, you know, get those unique games that, again, we still remember those titles to this day, whether they, they be Blue Dragon or... They made an effort, at least. I mean, the other move they could do, which would make sense, too, is... Uh, I forgot the name of it. I think it was Cario Soft or something. They're the ones that make the pocket arcade story and, like, some of those small mega mall story, hot spring story, dungeon village. Um, they make huge... Japanese games love these, you know, on-the-go type games. If they can get someone like that, even that would be absolutely astronomical for Xbox. And I, they'll, yeah, go ahead. Oh no, sorry. I just gotta say, like, just to add on to that, just you, you keep an eye on the, some of the smaller devs in Japan that they have had some good interactions with. Again, look at White Owl with uh, Swery over there. Like, I think mm -hmm. that would be a prime example. Like, keep an eye. That'd on That'd be a one. good, good one. I think. Well, Carol Soft is a small uh, developer. They only have like nine or ten employees, but mm -hmm. they make billions and billions of dollars in Japan. It's just crazy. No, I shouldn't say billions, but they hundreds of millions uh, because of the cell phone uh, business with ten employees. Mm. Yeah, that's so. true. Well, again, guys, it's going to be interesting to see how they do over there, and I I'm glad to see that they they do have an interest interest in uh, the Japanese market, and it is healthy to want to get into that area. And hopefully, they have some unique games because, again, we're all going to benefit from seeing those, whether they be JRPGs or action games, whatever they may be. Just you want to see the variety, just like come to obviously the entire you know, the entire world market. And I really want to see Xbox have that diverse uh, variety in a lineup. Anyways, I'm going to move on to what will be our final topic of the evening. And it appears as if there's a new updated storefront that's being done for the Xbox Series X. There's been a few leaked screenshots shots leak, uh, that have made the rounds. And the screens, they do look significantly different than the current ones. Now, Centurion Bud, I'm going to go to you for your take on this first. What do you think of the leak design? Is this an improvement in your eyes? Um, Okay, photos for me aren't going to do it. It's still square tiles for me. Um, for me, an improvement is knowing the functionality um, and optimization. Like We all know that sometimes with the user interface, it lags behind. Things don't always load all the way. Um, I'm more kind of wondering about that part of it, but from at least from the photos, it looks very clean. It's going to be very user friendly, um, but definitely um, I have, I guess, one big want when it comes to something that I really wish that they would integrate into the user interface. And that would be the idea to create themes like, I don't know, does anybody here have a PlayStation 4? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so theme, you get what the idea of themes are. They change the icons. They actually completely almost change the entire user interface around that theme. Like, they'll make the icons associated with that theme, everything. Um, and I just really wish that sometimes the uh, user interface with uh, Xbox was on that level of customization. Yeah, but they can't even get that right. They can't even get the, the dashboard right without being uh, clunky or... 
It's just a disaster. Last night I made a joke saying that if I was in it's charge not that of Xbox, I would uh, give total control of the user interface to, to Cortana and tell her every six months to just randomly <laughs> reorganize it. <laughs> that means every six months you would just have to open your console to just utter just like, okay, where is it at now? <laughs> I think it's in a pretty good state now. It's, it's yeah, much better than it was. No, yeah, definitely. And it's, and the next generation, when you know you're dealing with an SSD, and uh, you know you, you're gonna have. I mean, it's not gonna run great on obviously the OG Xbox and Xbox, uh, you know, One X, but it's gonna be a lot better, I think. Do you think there's gonna be a different UI between the Xbox One and the Series X completely, or do you this think that there could be? Share- it very yeah, well they could have to, be. They have to get away from that whole software because it's uh, just it's creative. I don't know why they can't get it so, right. Uh, after so- I don't know what you're talking about. You, I think you're just stuck in like 2015. It's much faster to get into their no, store. Than, uh, I mean, when you turn, it's like night and day with, with Sony's uh, dashboard. You can't so even compare it to Sony's dashboard is just bare bones. It's very quick, but there's nothing, mm-hmm. you know. The Xbox user interface can also affect crazy stuff on the console. Like, um, my DVR doesn't work right anymore. I can't yeah. record in 4K on my console, period. If you try, it, it, it messes up. And also... Are you sometime, some, no. no, I'm not I'm not in any program at no. all. Sometimes uh, the games don't launch correctly. It's just a yeah. mess. And now, also, my console's starting to do this weird thing. And I have had... A friend of mine mentioned this that his console's doing it too, and I never told him that mine does it. It no, it doesn't. It basically, when you go to turn the console off, like you use the controller to turn the console off, and like the thing, the the icon just sits there and flashes off and on, off and on. Like the console's just stuck in some kind of a like shutdown, and you have to like force quit the actual console to shut down completely. And it's done it to me a few times. It's done it to my friend, and he just bought his Xbox One X like a month ago. And so I know this is in the software. Yeah. But we're the ones stuck in 2015, Tim. Come on! Uh, there's, there's always going to be there's always going to be uh, issues with certain things, but it's it's much better than it was. Oh yeah, yeah. like it well, is I remember better. used to surfing around, man. It would be like you did the blade, you know, switch to a blade, go to the next blade. Now you can kind of like shoot around the the uh the actual dashboard pretty quickly without having to get hung up really because i have I'll, I'll admit i'll I'll be perfectly honest here guys like i i do prefer the way it's laid out right now but the speed is a huge uh it's a it's a huge negative for me like i i i navigate i navigate the dashboard and it's like i just find it really laggy i don't know if anybody else feels that way Hmm. Well, it's definitely not as quick as Sony. Sony's prided well, themselves on just keeping ask, a clean cut, you know? Not to be like a total nerd about it, but are you using your internal hard drive? Uh, yes. Okay, like, sadly, um, regretfully, the more games you have on the internal hard drive, the actual slower the the interface will be. Because, mm-hmm. they're, yeah, it, it's it's silly. It's been explained to me that way. But and it is true. I keep everything on an external. I don't even use really my internal drive, 
and um yeah i have noticed an obvious difference in keeping games on the internal versus keeping them on an external although with ori they said that's the issue is if you try to play it on an external that's when it starts to do that lag i don't know if they have those issues now but oh yeah no definitely there's some there's some probably optimization issues there which i could see now like one game I don't see one game like dropping your performance like massively, yeah. but I mean, if you've got the hard drive completely maxed out, definitely more than likely you're going to probably see some slowing in the UI. Yeah, I think because maybe I'm, I have all my thousand games on there, it's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do like how you can get into the store a lot quicker, where it's like if I'm on Sony, it goes yeah. to the store, I'm just waiting and waiting. Mm hmm. But overall, though, I mean, it does look really looks a lot. looks like it looks like it takes a lot of uh, you know you definitely need an SSD to run that. I mean, I, the part that I liked was when you went to the title, how it like automatically was started a trailer or started playing, and it was like instantaneous. So I think uh, yeah, that's going to need an SSD. But um, the things like things like that should really with the CPU and everything the way the system is. Should really fly, really fly. There's not going to be, there's not going to be these problems that we've had. Mm -hmm, absolutely, it does look really slick. I like the way that the redesign. I mean, if this stays true, it does look really slick in my opinion. I like how, I don't know, everything just kind of spread out. Uh, I don't know, just the form factor of it all, and it does look really quick. Obviously, the power of the system alone is, you know, it's going to do that. So it does have me excited. Like I, I know, like a lot of guys are going to be saying, "Well, you know, you don't play the dashboard." Well, it's like, well, if I'm going to go search for something, it's like, and the 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 dashboard is laggy. It's like, well, I don't know. It just kind of uh, sucks. There's one thing that kind of peeves me off about. Um searching for a game in the store and it has nothing to do with the design explain this one um like we'll use need for speed heat there's need for speed heat and there's need for speed the deluxe edition you know if you're looking like you'll see need for speed heat like for the first five like the top line of games in the store but if you want that deluxe version you got to go hunting for that thing like sherlock holmes and find it almost like three quarters of the way down I'm just saying, like, I don't know how the algorithm works on that thing, but it's for some reason the games are just all over the place. Oh, interesting. Now, obviously, we see the what, is storefront. That a weird complaint? That's a weird complaint. Well, I heard somebody go on a tangent. <laughs> I heard someone go on a tangent last night wanting the games to be alphabetical. <laughs> they, they, oh Man, they used to, actually, they used to be like that. Well, yeah, on the 360, they still are. Ah, those were the good old days. Red ring and death and all. <laughs> I, does anyone miss now when you go to, to your library? You used to be able to just hit, like, RB, and it would show all the games that aren't installed and the ones that are installed. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Now you got to like, wait there and look and see well, you have the to go to the side. down on the corner. Well, now you have to go over to that side tab and, like, click which group. But it was, mm -hmm. like, so much nicer when you just tabbed over. It's like, oh, there's the games you want to install. I like how they're like now they're starting to also separate the games with gold. Like you have the like they like Xbox is like here, let's make sure they know these are the games you own and these are the games that you don't own if you lapse on your payment each month. Mm -hmm. Well, I love how they've uh, car uh like compartmentalized everything, you know? Like it's like like you said, 
games with gold xbox game pass here are the updates and you know it's very no it looks very uh organized you know what i mean oh yeah definitely now obviously this is you know we're just talking about the storefront it does look slick but uh is there anything else that you guys think that they really need to address with the other aspects of the dashboard um i don't know i think that it's I think they should just make it a little bit, uh, a little bit faster uh, if they can streamline. But they 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 continue to do this. So, mm-hmm. so. Um, I'm not trying to keep hopping in, but here's, in my opinion, I think call me weird. When you buy a Series X or any Xbox game console going forward, when you first set that console up, you should have a menu option screen that you can obviously go in and change later if you want. But it'll ask you, are you interested in game streaming? Do you want mixer? Do you like I want a mixer tab? No, I don't. Like you can actually control how many actual blades or things that are gonna be shown to you. Like, cause I know people that really wish like mixer wasn't there and all this other stuff. So I'm just and also getting rid of stuff like that would also free up the space in the console for the UI to run quicker if it didn't have to display things you weren't interested in. Yeah, and I think the, they're also kind of limited on the way like the OG Xbox One was built with their UI currently. So hopefully, when they move to Series X, it'll be a whole quicker revampment, better UI. Hey, hey off topic, hey, Tim, what time does it get dark in New York over there right now? A while, right dude. I'm, it's like, like nine. nine it's like nine o'clock here and it's sunny outside still. What is Oh, going I guess it talks like at eight thirty. All right. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, mine's I'm like, nine. I'm on uh Indian Indiana and we're like the last state of the east eastern time, so uh Yeah. I'm Eastern too. It's uh yeah, the well the sun well actually it goes down at about what, nine? Something like that. So. Yeah, it's about the same for me. Yeah. yeah. So for me uh, it's uh, it's just it's bright outside right now. It's nine o'clock. Jesus, it's like when I go to bed. I gotta wake up early tomorrow. It's bright outside, and it's just like yeah, dude. It's wonderful. I'll take the sun over bloody snowy days any day. Like I hate it when it's like dark and it's five p.m. Like yeah. I, just, I can't Still do kinda it. Kind of light outside here in Arizona, and it is eighty-eight degrees. Damn. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> you can't wait for those 110 days and it's nighttime. It hit 110 the, the other day. Yeah. But I'm talking about those days where it's nighttime and it's 110 degrees still. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. no, You're exactly. not at that point yet. Maybe in a couple months, maybe. <laughs> mm, no, that'll actually happen later on this month. We're, uh, we're pretty much getting into it now in June. Mm-hmm. June, July, August. That those are the pretty much the three hell months. Hmm. Yeah, that's right. You can, uh, you know, cook an egg on a rock, right? In you can. A certain, in certain situations, yes. He knows. He's done it before. You know, you <laughs> should do a YouTube video on that. Ooh. Hmm. Do well, it. <laughs> That could go up there with watching paint dry. I could have the watching egg yeah. cook on cement video. Well, you can also be playing your Game Gear Mini while doing that. Uh-huh. And you can stream it on your Stadia. You know what? How about why, why don't we watch a Game Gear Mini cook on the sidewalk? I'm, pr- I'm wondering if he'll do that. 
<laughs> oh man all right okay guys on that note i think we're gonna end off tonight's show and hey you know what guys very good talk uh tonight on like the halo stuff uh really good talk on the samsung access and you know xbox game pass and of course the the beloved game gear micro we cannot stop talking about that <laughs> but of course uh you know a special shout out to everybody that came out in the chat we had a lot of people come out uh, so shady you've been really active buddy uh thanks for joining us indie he's gamer. so shit hey when is he gonna be on the show that's what i want to know we gotta get him on. on the show well we'll uh, shady, work on it hit me up bro we shall work on that definitely. Uh, let's see, UK Daz, yeah, UK Daz, an indie gamer. It's pretty late over there. It's like what uh, three in the morning. Get to bed, fellas. Damn. Uh, Vogel's Creek, Fastback from NLG. Hey, buddy, BB. Uh, Starbuck United was here. Thanks for joining us, Starbuck. Uh, who else do we got? There was lots of people in the chat. Thank you, everybody, for coming out. It's uh, greatly appreciated. Z Black Rider, Deshaun Love, and so many more. Uh, now, before before you guys go, don't forget to share this, share out this episode, and subscribe if you enjoyed our gaming banter. And again, guys, really, really good show tonight. Let's get to some outros. Uh, Centurion Bud, I'm going to hit you up first. Where can everybody find you? Uh, you can always find me hanging out with these fine gentlemen every Sunday on the TXR podcast. I also do the Shop podcast on Saturday nights. You can also find me on Xbox Live, YouTube, and Twitter at Centurion1307. I'm consistently putting out content again now that I got the time, and I'm actually getting ready to drop a review for Man Maneater. Oh my god. And that's about it. I almost just said Manhunter. Man oh my god. <laughs> Man is a good game, right? Dude, that game, game is like that, that game was like crack. I, I yep. 100 percented I mean like one thousand out of one thousand on gamer score. I could not put really? that game down. Oh yeah. I know that game has a lot of collectibles, so you were really going at it. It's at, no, here's the thing. The collectibles were uh, respectfully, well, there was a respectful amount of collectibles. It wasn't this massive plethora of just overwhelming collectathon. No, the, the, I just feel like this game had a respectable amount of collectibles and things to do. I haven't heard that word in plethora. <laughs> plethora. Yeah, plethora. Plethoris. Someone say platypus? I haven't heard that word in a long time, buddy. You're the first one. Platypus. Blech. What an ugly animal. Uh, let's see here. Uh -huh. Tim. Remember in Dogma, that proves that God has a sense of humor. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, Tim, let's get to you next, buddy. Where can everybody find you at? You can find me on Twitter, xCloud. Uh, you can also find me on RDX every Tuesday night, 8 p.m. You can find me also a Sunday night every... Sunday night here. Uh, I've been playing um, Minecraft Dungeons, and I just finished franchise season undefeated 2021 Giants win the Super Bowl. But you play uh, on easy, though. You, no. You told, me. I, you told I, me you played on easy. I don't play it on easy. <laughs> I beat you the last time we played. So. Oh, one time out of what? Yeah, like the four yeah. times we played. Come on. After, after, I, after I didn't pick the Giants. Yeah. I know. You know, to be honest, I mean, I just let you win because I felt sorry for you. I beat yeah, you at your own sure, game. Sure, sure. <laughs> but uh, no, as far as Minecraft Dungeons, I think uh, 
that's a cool game. I hope that they. I believe mm-hmm. it's a game service, so I think that they're just going to keep adding levels. Um, but uh, yeah, that's a, a, another um, you know game to play. But it's free on, as well as some free. But it's on Game Pass. If you haven't tried it out, it's definitely fun. Play it with is. friends. Yeah, it is Tim. I like. I mean, it it could use some more content. But like you were saying, yeah. I mean, they they do have like other levels coming, and so, so- that's what. That's one of those games where you can, you know, you own Game Pass, you basically own the game. And now that you can have that episodic content that's downloaded through Game Pass, I mean, it's the thought, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's been tearing up uh, the Nintendo Switch as well. It was knocking uh, Tom Nook off the pedestal, you know, bloody Animal Crossing. So uh, that's yeah. impressive. Sit around and be like, who's Tom Nook? Wow, are we still trying to say I don't know who Tom Nook is? Because it disappointed me. I was disappointed when you told me that. Come on, man. You still don't know the, who the Nookie Cookie is? <laughs> wow, this is just... I would never call him that. I, I... <laughs> Some Limp biscuit. No. Oh, my God. Here we go. Did we just call Tom Nook fr- Limp biscuit? No, he said Nookie. Oh, yeah. Limp, yeah, now we're quoting Limp Nookie. Oh, even better. Tom Nook style. <clears throat> Take it to Jeremy's fridge. Boom, 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 boom. All right, Shock, going to hit you up next, bud. Where can everybody find you at? Yeah, you can hit me up on uh, at Shock Nero on Twitter. Easy Shock on Xbox. And thanks for stopping by. All right, perfect. Short and sweet. And, of course, Jeremy, bud. Uh, where can everybody find you at? You could find me on the sex box, uh, downer <laughs> space J, <laughs> and Xbox. You could find me on Xbox. <clears throat> mm-hmm. All right, that's good. it. Good stuff. Good stuff. And guys, of course, I'm Invader, and you can find me invading the uh, the Nookie Cookie, obviously. <laughs> all right and i had to go with it i had to roll with invading the nookie cookie oh Um, yeah sorry it brings me back but uh, yeah you guys can find me on my youtube channel invader gaming and of course i'm active on twitter at invader underscore one nine eight six guys awesome show thanks for coming out we can't wait to see everybody uh, next sunday so keep safe and have a good night everyone see ya i like what shady just said <laughs> he likes the nookie too no he called him a crook <laughs> he is he's a bloody extortionist like he said but he he, he does it all for the tom nookie <laughs> so we can get that cookie yeah the nookie and you can take that cookie and stick it up your cookie <laughs> <laughs> See, the minute he said stick it up here, we should have had Tim Dog give out a big yell. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Did it all for the cookie. All right, guys. Have a good night. All right, guys. Good night. Later. Fuck out, Show's